insights, interviews, and best practices by clinicians for clinicians. Welcome to GE Healthcare's Clinical View Podcast. This is the fourth and final podcast in this series and is titled Principles of Steady State Determination During Indirect Calorimetry. In this final installment on the series focusing on nutritional support and the role of indirect calorimetry, our focus will be on the assessment of steady state and the pitfalls that may impact reliable energy expenditure measurements utilizing indirect calorimetry. As we have covered in earlier podcasts from the series, indirect calorimetry can be an accurate tool to measure energy expenditure, but it is important to stress that it simply takes a snapshot view of the patient in order to understand the energy consumption needs throughout a day. That being said, obtaining an indirect calorimetry measurement while a patient is being perturbed may not represent the actual or true energy requirements of the patient. Examples of these perturbations include the following. One, no recent ventilator setting changes and especially not during a weaning trial. Two, no nursing treatments that may agitate the patient. For instance, endotracheal tube suctioning or wound dressing changes that may be painful. Three, being hemodynamically stable for instance, no recent fluid challenges or use of hemodialysis. More importantly, in the first one to two days of sepsis, the hemodynamic demands are high. Four, no recent administration of therapeutics that can alter the patient's acid-base balance. And lastly, five, stable temperature, ideally when the patient is a febrile. Before Pressing on to the topic of steady state in more detail, let us first remind ourselves of the several limitations inherent to indirect calorimetry and should serve as a checklist prior to obtaining a measurement. First, make sure there are no leaks within the circuit. Second, avoid or view the outputs with great caution when the fractional inspired oxygen concentration is greater than 60% or even beyond that. Third, avoid use during hemodialysis or peritoneal dialysis. And fourth, monitor and minimize humidity in the breathing circuit. The foundation of steady state measurements were laid by McClave in a 2003 study wherein a five minute interval was codified to establish the minimum steady state observation window to inform 24 hour energy expenditure. In addition, the coefficient of variability of VCO2 and VO2 were equally established with a threshold of acceptance being less than or equal to 10%. Interestingly, this criteria is not readily attained in an ICU setting. In fact, the steady state criteria of five minutes and CV or coefficient of variation less than or equal to 10% was not achieved in 25 patients studied by McClave. Similarly, Reeves conducted a study evaluating shorter observation windows, but first recognized that steady-state criteria defined by McClave was only fulfilled in 52% of their patients. The authors found that shortening the time period has drawbacks and increases variability to informing caloric requirements. 
Historically, 30 minutes was determined to be the optimal steady state window. In addition, the greatest error in energy expenditure measurement occurred between 3 and 11 p.m. Therefore, it has been rec recommended to measure indirect calorimetry when steady state conditions are met between the hours of 11 p.m. and 3 p.m. To summarize, steady state should be considered when no active interventions are ongoing or have recently concluded and a sampling window of 5 to 10 minutes should be observed where the coefficient of variation is less than or equal to 10% for both VCO2 and VO2. By following these principles highlighted during this podcast, you can pursue improved accuracy in determining energy expenditure and in turn optimizing nutritional support for your patients. This concludes the final podcast on the series focusing on nutritional support and use of indirect calorimetry. Thank you for your interest in listening to this podcast series. Thank you for listening to Clinical View Podcasts, brought to you by GE Healthcare. Expand your view at clinicalview.gehealthcare.com.